Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the South Bay Show. South Bay Spotlight. On May 10th, 2018, live, love, laugh, and leave a legacy. That's what we do here in the South Bay of Los Angeles on this magical mystery tour. And it's a beautiful place to do just The South Bay Show is brought to you by the Academy of Foreign Languages. If you have any interest in learning a new language or brushing up on existing language skills, you should know about the Academy of Foreign Languages. Located in Palos Verdes, the Academy of Foreign Languages specializes in the art of communication. Their mission is to provide the finest language instruction possible. They recognize that each student has distinctive needs and craft their teaching technique to optimize an individual's particular learning skills. At the Academy of Foreign Languages, they strive to create a comfortable environment conducive to learning. So whether you're learning a new language or would simply like to converse in your native tongue, the Academy of Foreign Languages can accommodate you. For additional information, visit their website at academyofforeignlanguages.com, that's all spelled out, or call 310-975-4133. I'm your host, Joe Terry, and you can read all about our many adventures on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash The South Bay Show. Persistence, passion, principle, and purpose, that's what we talk about here on The South Bay Show. And of course, I'm not alone because of our great partnership with South Bay by Jackie.com and executive producer of The South Bay Show, Jackie Balestra. Hey, Jackie. How are you doing today on this magical mystery tour? <laughs> on this magical, magical kind of day. <laughs> I am doing fabulous. Uh, you know, it's Mother's Day. It's Mother's Day weekend coming up. And um, right. my birthday uh, always falls on or around Mother's Day. I was actually born on Mother's Day. Um, and right. so I always get excited around Mother's Day because it's uh, the birthday, the birthday weekend and um, we have a, a, a little thing. Uh, John made some plans for us this weekend, so I'm really looking forward to it. Did you um, have you made your plans for Carrie? Yes, I think we have. We have made our plans. Uh, you know, I think we're going to do a, a, a bike tour, believe it or not. Nice. On electric Where? bikes. Oh, fun. Oh, fun. Yeah. And, we're probably going to, uh, with our son, maybe our daughter, but certainly our son, we're going to take some electric bikes and drive up the coast, you know, up the strand to, uh, to maybe, um, you know, you know, somewhere in, in Marina del Rey. Nice. Nice. Well, okay. Talk about a segue. Um, you're going to have to, since you're <laughs> on the electric bike, you, you can actually do this, uh, when you're on the street, take a ride up. Grand Avenue in El Segundo, and you can see the new mural. Oh my gosh, like Jackie! That? What a great suggestion. <laughs> what mural are you talking about, Jackie? Well, we're going to get to old, that in a moment. There's Actually, this old rust bucket, <laughs> there's this old rust bucket uh, water tank on Grand Avenue. I mean, it's it's what an eyesore. What are you talking about? <laughs> Well, it's not a rust bucket anymore. Uh, so, so, I, I, and I don't even want to waste any more time talking about it. We got to get to the show. <laughs> Jackie, who's our guest today? Our guest this morning is legendary artist John Van Hammersveld. Now, John is an American graphic artist and illustrator who has designed album artwork for pop and psychedelic bands since the 1960s, including the Beatles, the Rolling Stones, and the Grateful Dead. 
Born and raised in the South Bay, John has been an important figure in the local surf culture, which has influenced his, heart, his art, uh, such as the iconic poster for the surf film The Endless Summer. Now, John recently unveiled a massive mural on a tank at the DWP facility in El Segundo. And uh, it, was, it was interesting, Joe, during the event, the DWP representative was so enthusiastic, he talked about John doing similar projects at their facilities up and down the California coastline. So welcome to the program, John. It's an honor and a privilege to have you join us this morning, and I won't even try to explain how excited we are. Well, great, great. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, isn't that isn't that tank something? I mean, really, uh, I'm going to be in a helicopter next week taking pictures of it from uh, up above, um, floating over the top of it. Um, you know, you know, which is which is almost the same as uh, taking off at LAX and looking to the left and seeing the tank sitting there in El Segundo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, Wait, I saw, I saw an article. Like uh, go ahead, Joe. I'm sorry. Go, go ahead. ahead. The, well, the well, I was just going to ask. Hello? Where did something just gonna, like this was, start, John? Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. What's Where the question? Where did something like this start? Did you come up Where with the idea? Start? Oh, that, yeah. It's always, yeah. you know, it's always connections, which is so strange, you know, is that I was at a Dewey Weber opening uh, of a sculptor in front mm. of a sculpture of him surfing uh, in front of the uh, Hermosa Auditorium there that we used to go to surf movies. And uh, um, and there was a fellow there, um, Wayne, who Wayne Cousins, who comes up to me and he says, you, you went to El Segundo High School, didn't you? And I said, yes. He says, well, you should be inducted into the high school hall of fame. So uh, probably about four months later, then uh, the mayor shows up, and uh, Suzanne, and she's sitting at the table asking me if I want to be inducted into the El Segundo Hall of Fame. And so I agree and everything. And then by uh, September of last year, then I'm in front of this uh, um, auditorium of people, you know, and telling uh, a story of my one of my 18-year-old um, escapades going uh, going skiing as a to be a, a downhill racer, and how I fell and almost broke my nose or put my eye out, um, and decided I'd go to art school. So um, mm. so everyone laughs, and there's a, a couple of people in the back that say, Hammer, Hammer, which is my uh, surf culture name when I was uh, you mm-hmm. know, in my teens. So, um, so we walk down the hall into this room, and there's a bunch of pictures, and I sit down at a, at a table, and I, I'm about to eat my lunch, and Suzanne comes up to me and whispers in my ear, so would you do an, uh, a mural for us? <laughs> And and so I so I sent her uh, you know two people down to my uh, uh, wife and agent, and they uh, said uh, she said yes, so we'll work on the, trying to put that together. And so um, right. so from September to January, uh, everyone was negotiating and talking about it. And then in January, we met in front of the actual uh, tank and. Uh, with the DWP, you know, probably a non, about nine people, and 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 they said, well, you can't paint this because of uh, the environmental uh, um, uh, condition of the paint and everything, and 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 so then, so then my two uh, uh, in my, my uh, spin, which is the company I use to to manufacture all this stuff. They meet with the uh, engineer, and we come up with with a solution. And then uh, we take a couple meetings, and and uh, you know it's around May something. Um, and and uh, Suzanne says, "Well, I, I'm sort of like at the end of my mayorship here. I want this thing up, you know." So we had like three <laughs> weeks to get it done. <laughs> so a week for me to finish the art part of it, which I had been working on for like six months. And then the uh, a spin had it for like a, a week to to get it into its technical digital um, kind of assignment, and then it went to the manufacturer and they were printing these uh, ten foot by thirty thirty two foot uh, sheets of uh, yeah. mesh uh, print with my work printed on it, and then uh, you know then we were out at the uh, tank there, the big brown terrible looking thing, and they and they had have engineered a way to uh, connect the 
sheets. Uh, there were like 52, 52 sheets that that um, uh, 10 by 32 that had to be laced together to um, you know go in cir- in the circumference of this like this image of a circular tube, and uh, it was like it was like what is it like 510 feet long and 32 mm. feet yeah. high massive yeah. you know so if you looked at it in profile it's 255 feet wide as it sits there uh and you see it from the you know from the beach road at the bottom there you look up as you're driving up grand you see this massive colorful band going across this uh, right. uh right. you know the sculpture it's 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 got to be the talk of the town. It is something public art, John, is something that is widely practiced and recognized in Europe very much. I mean, it's obviously practiced here in the US, but to this scale, it's something new and different and everyone's talking about it and appreciating it. What was Isn't that uh, wonderful? Is the largest uh is this the largest canvas you've ever had? Well, I had a is, uh, for the for the uh, eighty four Olympics. I did a three hundred and sixty foot by twelve foot um, uh, six panels that wrapped halfway around the Colosseum at that mm. time. Mm. Uh, so okay. this is a little. Okay. This is much bigger than that, but it's close. So okay, it's close to the right. Olympic size. Uh, Jackie, did you have a uh, something a comment? Or question? Yes, 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 I did. Um, I was reading an article in one of the local papers, um, and they were talking about uh, would it be possible to get some spotlights on it uh, so that when people are flying in and out of LAX, they can see it at night. Uh, and I mean, it would be quite a sight. Uh, John, any any chance that might happen? Well, you know, the, I uh, when we were first there, you know, in January, they didn't have the electrical system to uh, charge cars, and so they've just put that in on the, over the last three weeks. So they have uh, the possibility of of uh, you know continuing to electrify the place and put some lights up. Yeah, no, that would be mm-hmm. amazing. I mean, not never, you know. I mean, it would be amazing to see it from from the air, but if you're driving. If you're driving along uh, Vista Del Mar or up Grand, I mean, you'd be able to see it from there too. You'd be able if you're taking a strand cruise or a walk on the beach, you'll be able to see it at night. That would be amazing. Yeah, it would be it, wonderful. It, it, yeah, it, it it really is something. I was I was there for the unveiling. Joe Joe wasn't there, um, and we got to walk around. Joe, we got to walk around the entire tank, and and John, you know, told us all about it as we were walking around it, and you told a story right. about. Uh, going to school in El Segundo is interesting because you grew up in Palos Verdes, but you you went to high school in El Segundo. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, I mean, how awkward <laughs> could it be? Uh, there was like 45 minutes up and 45 minutes back, you know, round trip, uh, you know, an hour and a half a day just to go to school. Yeah. But um, the nice part of it is that, is that uh, with my dyslexia, the uh, – uh, I guess it would be the dean of the school decided that I would have two art classes uh, a day. So the two hours I had per day was uh, building a whole new personality for me. While I was being a surfer on the weekends, my five days a week I was being an artist. So I became the surfer <laughs> artist of the day. Surfer. <laughs> and created out, yeah. of, out of, you know, uh, again, connections, putting the education of being a artist uh, with being a surfer, the legend of uh, creating the Endless Summer poster. I mean, it was uh, amazing how that worked, you know. So I was in in a new industry for about three years as a, as a student and artist uh, working in the surf industry, the virgin surf industry, the first of it. Uh, in Dana Point, you know, so uh, out of that, out of that uh, group of, of uh, you know, group of industries, uh, Hobie and and John Severson of Surfer Magazine, Hobie Surfboards, uh, Grubby Clark with the foam uh, blanks, and uh, Bruce Brown with the movie, The Endless Summer. Uh, you know, I was right in the middle of uh, of the new evolution of uh, surf culture. 
Right. So so that that iconic photograph that was the the beginning of of this journey. I mean, was that your first big gig? That poster for the movie? Yes, right. Yes. No. I mean, the first gig was actually you know, being uh, uh, 20 years old and hired by John Severson, who was like 27, to do his uh, publication, and and, uh, and and while going to school at the same time, you know, it was quite an opportunity, and that yeah, and that yeah. that launched uh, an icon, uh, the Endless Summer. Right. But you know. Uh, right. But I went in town and went to art school and then ended up in the arts and entertainment business in Hollywood. And then you have the Beatles and the Rolling Stones and uh, and that whole new culture. So within like, right. you know, I guess it was probably 12 years, I evolved through the 60s and set into the 70s and um, and had this incredible campaign and this kind of well-distributed well products of posters and album covers. It's Joe. It's it's coming. It's like it's full circle because uh, on on the mural uh, there's there's uh, some text on it, and the mural itself is actually dedicated to um, uh, Hap Jacob Jacobs and Velzi. Is is yeah, Velzi and Jacobs. Yeah. Yeah, so Velzi lived on a little street just very close to the uh, the tank, actually, in 1955, something like that, when I was about to uh, pick up my first surfboard, you know, which then became the adventure of all time, you know, <laughs> going on no, surf trips no. on the weekend up and down the California coast. I mean, I mean, this isn't New York. This is like L.A. and right. and. Uh, you know, uh, Santa Barbara and and San Diego, and they have there must have been at least fourteen to fifteen different breaks. And at the end of the uh, the street where the break was, there was like a cult of kids. You know, that were all we were all right. around the same age with our brand new, you know, balsa or uh, foam boards. You know, it was an incredible culture mm-hmm. that California had. You know, and then it became an industry, huge industry that right. affected the whole world by the eighties. Right, people right. flying in from Paris to get a pair of surf shorts because it was, you know, it was made in Orange County by Gotcha or Quicksilver. We used to <laughs> in the fifth in the fifties we would have our mother uh, sew up a uh, a pair of trunks with some uh, uh, you know material like kind of a heavy duct uh, weave. And there, it, you know, there, it wasn't that long ago. It wasn't that. I mean, th- that's what's amazing. It wasn't that long ago. Uh, yeah, within the five decades, yeah. I mean, it grew into this amazing industry. Yeah. So you know, you know, it's a world. It's a worldwide, very much like the endless summer, uh, was kind of uh, pointed the direction that there was surf around the world, and then that became a culture. And hmm. Joe, it's like, um, it's like. Uh, remember, we, we both read that book, Outliers. About how um, yes. you know be, what how it's a lot of it is being in the right place at the right time with the right group of people. You know we saw it you know a couple of decades ago in, in Silicon Valley and how all those guys came up together and created a whole new industry and culture. And uh, this was this was the same thing only only fifty fifty years sixty years ago. Well, yeah. Now being I, in Hollywood uh, and being twenty uh, twenty seven, let's see, being uh, twenty five, no, being twenty three to probably thirty two. Everybody was the same age, you know. I would uh, meet Mick Jagger; he was like a couple years younger. I would uh, meet um, uh, Clapton in London, you know. He was like two or three years younger, you know. Uh, everybody yeah, was yeah. like on the same on the same generation and the same uh, right. outlook of the world, you know? So that's the way it went. Right. When I was in, uh, uh, you know, when I was down South in, in, in uh, Dana point, you know, in the, in this sort of new revolution um, again, I was like just the right age and everyone was the same age as we moved through the industry. There were older guys who owned the actual companies that were probably four or five mm-hmm. years older, but essentially it's always like a generation that starts these movements. Then there's another generation that, that takes over and continues it to it's, the next decade. 
it's that it's that just those four or five years difference. Uh, uh, Bill Gates and Steve Jobs were born in '55. I was born yeah. in '59. I was uh, just a few years younger than they were, and uh, look where they ended up, and uh, look where I ended up uh, in the computer yeah. industry. Hey. I mean, <laughs> hey. So for me. You know, for me, in 1983, I'm sitting in this studio that looks out over Los Angeles at the Anderson Books or Anderson uh, Hardware Store in this big, huge loft. And there's a knock at the door, and there's a photographer and, a, and someone from Apple, you know, and they want to come in and they want to use the table and they want me to sit there in front of a Lisa mm. computer that that Steve Jobs has invented. And yeah. Uh, by, <laughs> By the next year, or with, um, I guess, yeah, in the next year, which was 84, um, uh, what, uh, what's his name? Uh, Ricky Saul Warman starts TED in Monterey. Yeah. And we're all there as mm-hmm. designers and, and people of the industry of, of uh, art and design, or TED, which is technology, uh, education, and design, right? And, and there's uh, yeah. Steve Jobs in his suit with his thin tie and <laughs> his white shirt, and these four little Macs at, at his waist, you know, sitting there on the table. Yeah. And, and, you know, it was an amazing moment. You know, it was an incredible time. That even was, so, uh, even though we had an older group of people looking at a younger uh, evolution of, of this uh, digital uh, world to come, you know, to market. I made it my, my place. I made it my journey to buy a Mac in 1984. I bought it. I also get the got the additional 10 megabyte hard drive for $3,400. <laughs> It yeah, was you're very lucky. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And they had, they had a, you know, they had uh, three or four different applications. You know, so I had, uh, right. I had one that was called, um, you know, uh, uh, something like, uh, some something like DigiDraw or something like that. And Adobe wasn't <laughs> there, and all this was just no. starting. And it, you know, it was a, the beginning right. of a very simplistic digital. Uh, component you know and then within a year later all of a sudden they had printers that they were selling through apple and then that became a whole new evolution and look how that's grown yeah john i have to ask you when you look at the endless summer poster it's it's there's something about it people have studied it i mean in art school probably i guess people have written phd dissertations about it because the three guys in the picture I don't know how long you took to pose them, but the poses are unbelievably, you know, rich in detail and aspect to them. I mean, um, I guess uh, Bruce Brown is is in the foreground, and then these guys in the background, though, are, are posed in such a way that's very interesting and iconic. And then, but the colors. Tell me about the colors. How did you? Decide on that? Was that just a thing to do? How did you do that? Uh, well, you know, par- part of being an art student is almost like a, a garage technology. You know, you, you find out uh, in the outer world uh, the most simple and the cheapest way to make something. And that was like a signage company that would silkscreen images uh, on, on mm. cardstock for people. Like, you know, sale here mm. and buy this and retail Mm. Uh, uh, this product. So, uh, it, you know, the, the design went from a table at uh, Art Center of putting a, uh, a black, what they call a, a line resolution cell over these cut uh, modernist uh, Dayglo colors, you know, to actually show what they call the comp to the client. And then mm-hmm. from there, they would make film mm-hmm. positives up and then silkscreen them onto paper in these Dayglo colors. So that was all kind of new, bringing that into the world from this signage discipline that was going on in the normal industrial world, you know. So mm. being so new like that and being in this infant's uh, state of the uh, of the actual culture, is that it really wasn't until four years later when the film opened in New York that a uh, Martin Geisler of Personality Posters 
went to see Rugoff of uh, Cinema 5, you know, and he said, I'll make a one sheet of this. And so he went out to out to New Jersey and he took the same colors and the, all the elements that were in the original poster and took off all the writing that was uh, basically confusing and, and made a, mm-hmm. a, a, a first run, what they called a one sheet for the theater there on um, – uh, on, uh, th- on, I guess that would be like First Street, First and Thirty First in New York, and that poster in front of the um, of the theater and the line around the block through the winter and the summer, uh, that mm-hmm. poster became a national hit and an international hit. It went to uh, PXs. You know, you can imagine. Um, uh, the soldiers down in their tunnel at the end of the uh, uh, an area there was like a temple with the endless summer poster and the and and uh, right. candles and all kinds of little fetish objects you know and the helicopters above and these guys wanting to go surf China uh, I guess it's called China Point or something like that in Vietnam you know it's the right. the the stories I would hear you know from the um, from the people in colleges where they would say, oh, yeah, I was the guy opened the door of his closet and there your fucking poster was, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Well, Joe, as I mentioned, you you weren't on the tour for the unveiling, but all of these images are in this mural. There, I, I saw the helicopter, there's the waves, there's the surfer from the poster, in addition to, uh, you know, uh, some, some, uh, there's a, uh, uh, an image of Jimi Hendrix and some other uh, older musicians. Can, tell us about that, because it, it all, it's so all... Most, so, Mozart, yeah, Mozart is there, and Beethoven. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hendrix, yeah. Sur- it, it's it's circular. Uh, what goes around comes around, you know. And right. It's like a it's museum like, show. These are all these, it, you know, cultural images that I've been involved in over the last fifty years. Right. Yeah. It's it's right. it's it's like a, a a tour of your life, your life's work in this. It, it's never ending, which goes back right, to right. Work. And then there's fifteen waves in different colors, you know, which is this mystical world that we live in. You know, the the surf is always breaking around the world uh, in all these different places, and uh, and and uh, we we subliminally don't really kind of understand really the richness of that mystical world, that unknown world called the ocean, and so uh, but, that becomes like. The the the, uh, the waves become like a um, what would you call it like a uh, a crown a crown of uh, points mm-hmm. that would stick up out right. of a you know out of the king's uh, uh, helmet there. Yeah, it, the, it, uh, it's amazing the, the, because I remember when I looked at when I looked at when I saw the helicopter. You have uh, I remember seeing a. A black one. I don't know if you had them in other colors, but I remember focusing in on a black helicopter, and that sound that you just made went through yeah. my head. It, it went right through my head because I saw that image, and it just you you hit it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So the I I'll, on, thir- on next Thursday I'll be on that helicopter, uh, you know, with a camera hanging out the door, taking pictures of the of the of the tank. That should be a, an amazing point of view. Uh, but really, the, the other other object there, which is so much a part of that aerospace industry, is the uh, the B two uh, bomber. My father and I, uh, and my mother and sister, came out from uh, uh, Maryland, Towson, Maryland, to work. Uh, he was working at Northrop at the beginning oh. uh, uh, of the Flying Wing in 1950. You know, they were making the they were making uh, wood and metal. Um, wings mm-hmm. uh, and trying to put uh, all metal wings together and make that plane fly, you know. So my father was literally in that industry for probably for like 50 years or something like No, about wow. 35 years. And and during mm-hmm. that time, he went from the flying wing to the B-1 bomber over those period of, of decades, you know, through the, through, right. through the right. aviation or, you know, the uh, – the age of flight to um, uh, the breaking of the sound barrier in outer space, huh? An amazing wow. evolution. There's, there's uh, the the movie 
that I'm thinking of is uh, was released in May May of 1979, uh, and uh, Featured surfing. Most people don't remember that this movie. My favorite movie. Released in 19- my favorite movie. <laughs> Apocalypse Now. Yeah. Yep. Apocalypse Now. You know, I uh, I love the smell of uh, what is that? Napalm. Napalm. Napalm in the morning. I love the smell of yeah. napalm. Well, okay. And so Lance Carson is hanging off the back of the boat, right? Uh, uh, right. uh, uh, on water skis, right? And so my father right. basically worked with Mr. Carson at Northrop Aviation. And as I evolved as a surfer at 16, I met uh, Lance Carson, the son uh-huh. of Mr. <laughs> Carson. That's how, how weird uh-huh. it all is. Yeah. It's, <laughs> wow. It's, <laughs> it's a wonderful thing. Uh, John, you you have had such an impact on the world of graphic arts. From your viewpoint, from your vantage point, how can someone today, how can someone today get started and really, you know, mark the world, change the world through a, a viewpoint? I mean, I think kids today must be scared to death in graphic arts. How can they create something new? You've done so many iconic pieces. You can't do it just like that because then well, everyone will uh, say, know, oh, that's a John Hammersfeld. <laughs> yeah, but it's done in in, in different decades, um, you know, an evolution of industry. So in the beginning it was publications, and then it was posters, and then it was records, and then it was signage mm. for architecture, and then it was art and prints, and then it was murals. I mean, those are... The uh, one, two, three, four, five, six decades. Each decade, I changed into a other, you know, a different person doing work for a right. different industry. Right. I, right. And so, someone right. starting doesn't have that perspective. So I'm looking back right. 60 years, uh, being 16 at El Segundo High School, and, and with a two-hour art class with a great instructor, you know, who starts my life uh, as an artist to where it is today. Right. You know, uh, being uh, sitting there uh, looking at the tank, standing there looking at the tank. <laughs> you'll be flying. I'm not you'll in be the wheelchair. You'll be flying over it looking at the tank. Uh, Joe, let's do a really quick uh, station break so we can get right back to it. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the South Bay Show. Um, we're having a wonderful discussion with John Van Hammersveld, American graphic artist. And we want you to uh, experience one of his newest creations um, right on Grand Avenue in El Segundo. Just come up Grand Avenue from the beach or down through the heart of uh, El Segundo towards the beach. You'll see it. It's amazing. Um, Hopefully soon there will be lights and people will be able to see it at night. Um, we're back. There's there's nothing else to say. Lots and lots of questions, Jackie. Well, oh, you're right. I have I, I have a whole a whole list of questions. But I wanna I wanna go back to the beginning, John. You grew up in PV. You you mentioned your family moved from Maryland, but you grew up in PV and you're still in PV. Have you have you always been in Palos Verdes? No. No, I left at uh, 19 and went to art school downtown and, uh, and, and then ended up in the arts and entertainment business, you know, and, uh, I, you know, I, at 19, I left as a surfer and I, uh, was away for like 17 years just in town there. And then I moved to Malibu mm-hmm. with some money and bought a house and a couple properties. And then I would surf for like, oh, probably 12 years. And, and then in coming back uh, into Santa Monica for about uh, nine years, uh, we decided that um, we, the traffic was so terrible and the town was so exploited. And it was like two and a half hours from Santa Monica to downtown L.A. We looked on the map and tried to figure out you know, how the freeways work and how we could go downtown. So we uh, uh, found this house in, in uh, Palos Verdes. And so now we just take the Mercedes down to the... Harbor Freeway into the uh, fast track, and we're in town in 20 minutes. Mm. 
mm-hmm. to get All off right. mm-hmm. we get off at Adams and go into the city. So I have done an, uh, a number of murals down there, and I'll probably do more. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, coming the back murals. to Palos Verdes is like fifty-three years later. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it's like Star Wars. Where were you? Where did you go? What a journey! Where have you been? You know. And so when I would do interviews, when I would do interviews with a Daily Breeze or you know or uh, 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 Easy Reader, you know, (laughs) they would be gawking at me like, "Where have you been? What have you done? Oh, you did that. Oh, you. Oh, you've been there. Wow, incredible!" And so here you are now, where you started. What a deal this is. Has has, has Palos Verdes changed? Well, you know, the and, and uh, urban powerful. design. So, you know, my grandfather was an inventor, and uh, he used to be mm-hmm. in Washington, D.C. Uh, you know, like had, he had spoken five languages going through all these prototypes and everything and at, at the Capitol and all that. So he understood what was going on all over the world. So he would take the train out here to work on the Palomar Observatory, and in that process, he would hear about this place called Palos Verdes, you know, and the uh, Vanderlips had done such a beautiful job in putting it together in terms of architecture and and the uh, planting of all the trees, uh, you know, almost like a park, you know. So my grandfather builds a house here in Lanada Bay, and, and we, uh, we uh, you know, move out there, and we lived there for like 10 years. It was incredible. Just an, an amazing mm-hmm. part of the world. Mhm mhm it is it is so when you think of murals do you think that these are powerful i mean they're powerful statements of public art no doubt and and there are many different aspects to mural design and construction and so forth is is that something that you love doing now that kind of well, big this is, public this, art yeah as an artist you know um you have tools that you use and and you have spaces that you fill up you know with your ideas and most of that is in a kind of like a provincial uh, beaux-arts sort of style of uh, work you know with a with pencils and paint and drawings and brushes and all that um but mm. that sort of went away in in uh you know uh, 1999, let's say, or 1995, I think, when that first computer really started working properly. Uh, and so mm-hmm. really where we are today, although, you know, there's 23 years later or something like that, um, I'm, a, I'm painting with technology, and the people really mm-hmm. can't quite fathom that. Because when they say, oh, mm-hmm. you're an artist, they immediately go to the fact that you're painting something. And so, yeah. so the painted mural is one thing, you know, but the uh, technology of painting the technology is a whole other sort of advanced world that's plugged in <clears throat> to the uh, printing of information. So let's say my grandfather at uh, showing me these uh, uh, primrose printed books in when I was like uh, 13 or something like that, it was really about the printing press. So here we are today, it's still the printing press, it's just a digital press. And so when these mm. sheets that t- were 10 by 32 uh, feet uh, going through a 14-inch uh, printer, um, you know, it's the same thing. It's just it's, an, it's about technology. There, there's something, I think, new. There's something very powerful when you, when, when governments and city officials and companies or artists today to cover their industrial, rusty, ugly things with your artwork. There's something consistent, and and I think. Uh, the people are saying to the city officials, wow, you guys are having good ideas again. Yeah. <laughs> How is this This is going on? And it's really exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, a total that's, surprise. That's you know, Marty, uh, you know, Marty is this, uh, you know, the executive downtown, you know, who runs the DWP. And, and uh, he, right. he's like, he's sold. <laughs> 
Yeah, you want yeah. to do more. Yeah, you no, know, he was. It's, he it's was renovation. Very Let's do it. Yeah. yeah. He was very excited. He, he was very. Yeah. He he was very excited about about this project. And uh, will you really? will you be working with him again? He he. It sounds like he really wants to work with you. Oh again. yeah, he he spoke in the in those sort of terms. We've got to do more. You know, I have a couple locations. Mm-hmm. When Sam, mm-hmm. who who kind of was managing the project, he you know he would come up to me and say, you know, uh, my boss downtown really knows who you are, and he really likes what you do. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, uh, you know, Man. when when I actually met him, it was like, wake up, John, look what look at this yeah. enthusiasm, <laughs> look at the right. potential. Right. You know, when I was working right. on the uh, Fatburger chain, um, in a, I, I, one part of my career here, I was like into signage and architecture uh, and uh, mm-hmm. working with the uh, SciArc school and, and uh, being a teacher there and trying to teach architects about um, how to put a sign on a building. Uh, I ended up with this uh, uh, Fatburger chain to design, you know, and it's the same thing, you know, as I, I would put these colorful buildings in these neighborhoods and everybody would get really excited. Like, wow, this is new. And then the, the chains were looking at it as well. So it was like a, a whole kind of um, the same kind of thing as it, it was bringing art to the street, you know, to the public in a different form, a hamburger stand. The last great hamburger right. stand, Fat Burger. Right. So that right. trademark today, you know, is uh, seen around the world, and they have uh, those restaurants, and you know, every you know have the uh, have them in Dubai, and they have them in China. <laughs> so you can't imagine that sort of uh, Western Avenue, a uh, little tiny building, and these two women creating a culture in the 50s around this fat burger um, kind of uh, um, object and and that becoming a, a worldwide chain is pretty amazing and and the trademark well, being very much like the endless summer it everybody knows it well speaking mm-hmm. of trademarks mm-hmm. speaking of speaking of trademarks i've seen your endless summer poster used in in other in other in other capacities uh it's like you you franchised it almost. Can you? Can well, you there's a licensing agent. Yeah, there's a licensing yeah, agent, yeah. Uh, which is a part of uh, 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 Bruce Brown Films. The you know Bruce passed away uh, in December, but his licensing company will continue to uh, feed or work with those 150 licensees. So, uh, and I'm I I'm only the designer of the singular object uh they have other you know there's all kinds of companies working for them and uh and they're making uh they're you know making their millions mm. but that's the Lot same thing with fatburger you you you're paid right. like two hundred thousand dollars to design the architecture and the logo and then this is like twenty seven years later you know look what happened mhm right right <laughs> it's amazing um, it's amazing I'm looking- I'm looking at at Fat Burger's uh, website. They have some new stores. There's one in uh, Washington, one in Santa Monica, Fontana, and Tokyo. Yeah, how about that? And Dubai. <laughs> there's, there's one right. There's one right down the street from my house. Yeah. I'll never look at it yes, the same way again. I'll, I'll yeah. never look at That's it the my same favorite. way again. <laughs> yeah. A John so, Hammond you know, that, uh, loco. Yeah. yeah, who would ever know, right? You know, Bruce yeah. Brown or Bruce Brown and I were sitting at a table uh, in Hermosa at the auditorium there, uh, probably about two years ago, signing endless summer posters. You know, and he, he, uh, you know, uh, has his pencil in hand and everything, and he's looking over at me as I'm starting to sign another poster, and he says, "Who would ever know?" Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> who could have guessed? Yeah. 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 Well, now, unbelievable. Now, tell us, tell us about the future. Tell us about. It, are there any scoops that you can give us, John, about things you're doing? Because some well, of the, the things future you're doing now. Yeah. Yeah. The future. The future is really about you know kind of a system that I've uh, kind of created for myself. Is that I draw all my images. You know, so so that is called uh, you know analog. 
and and then I take a photograph of it, and then I digitally, in a sense, move that over into a computer. And then mm. in the computer, I'm able to uh, what they call vectorize it, which is take all the continuous tone away and and make a very lightweight outline that I can put a color inside that that uh, that shape. And then I mm. then I um, layer those shapes into compositions, and then I'm able to make uh, these mural kind of objects that are you know sometimes 12 inches high by you know um, 50 inches long. You know, and then I send that to a um, to my manufacturer, and then they put it in their computer, tune it all up, and then they print that out. You know, so mm-hmm. so this mm-hmm. painting and technology, um, working in analog, digital, and output. The output is really called simulation. So you're always simulating something that that could be analog. And we're living mm. in that kind of world now, where you know the car is being. Um, taken over by the computer it's becoming a computer uh, an autonomous driver mm-hmm. uh, which is really no a simulation doubt. of what we you know what we have known for the last hundred years you know is stepping into a car mm-hmm. it's an analog experience you know all of a sudden now you're just sitting in the car and the car's driving you somewhere that you said to the computer take me there I mean, Jackie that's, had a recent. That's experience. where we are today. Yeah, so everything yeah. is becoming Jackie automated and simulated. <laughs> where she um, bought a printer, got yeah. it set up. <laughs> what happened, yeah. Jackie? Uh, well, uh, bought a new printer, uh, set it up as several weeks ago, and um, I received uh, an email from Best Buy saying that my printer ordered cartridges because it was low. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So within the simulation, <laughs> everything is auditable. Uh, you know, it's all being yeah. uh, edited and audited. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, it, it freaked me out a little bit. I mean, I know that there are refrigerators that will tell you when you're low on milk or you need more butter, uh, but I was yeah. I was a little surprised to actually have my printer order cartridges without without me having to do anything. So, yeah, but that's where we are. You're right. You're right. Well, but you go but of, you go back to 2000. Okay. You know, you go back to 2000 yeah. when this all started that they wanted to uh, uh, do credit cards. You know, on the internet. And everybody, everyone said, oh, gosh, that's an open medium. How could you do that? How would the bank get involved in something like that? So essentially I went to a, uh, um, uh, a kind of like a polling company um, uh, seminar, and, they, and, they, mm. and there were like 18 people who worked on polls. And they said to me, they said, listen, you know, you, can, you have your laptop there, and, you know, that is a transparent uh, world there is <clears throat> there is not a wall there's a firewall there but but you can go out and someone can come in and that was the beginning yeah. of this auditing by everyone around the world so as soon as you came onto the net they were there inside your computer looking at all kinds of different things that you were doing and modeling mm-hmm. you and that's mm-hmm. where we are today is that it's a transparent world and we have all these machines that have been provided to deal with the digital world. Again, the simulation of analog. John, when were you born? 1941. John Hopkins Hopkins Hospital in Baltimore. Why do you think, I mean, it isn't just the graphic arts. It's your attitude. It's your personality that comes through your artwork. You are constantly evolving. You seem excited about the future. Uh, The next thing is the most exciting thing to you. Where does that come from, John? Uh, Probably my grandfather. He was a Dutch kid that went to uh, 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 art and science school in Amsterdam, you know, uh, took the train in from, um, from Harlem and, and uh, got on the Rotterdam uh, boat when he was like 23 or something like that with his sister and came to uh, Pennsylvania and went to work for Westinghouse. And he admired Westinghouse because he had so many patents. And so what my mm. <clears throat> my grandfather wanted to be is a, a patent uh, inventor. So 
Mm-hmm. So he, through the Warren and Swayze Company, <clears throat> every every uh, Monday he would be in Washington D.C. for the week, staying at the Mayfair um, Hotel, and he would interview in five different languages all these designers from uh, around the world who had prototypes for this, um, you know, for the uh, industrial world uh, that he was working in in the uh, 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 30s, 40s, and 50s. So, so he would uh, take the, the gentleman in German, you know, his prototype. He would take them across the street to the patent office, and they would uh, take out a patent uh, application. He, they would get on the train, go to sh- go to back to Cleveland over the weekend, and uh, he would have a whole culture there of things to do and restaurants and and music uh, events. And then the then the gentleman would go back to Washington, back to his country. I mean that's mm. <laughs> that's my grandfather. So he taught these two boys um how to make things and they became uh uh entranced with the <clears throat> with the uh the world of um the age of flight, right? And and they mm. took right. off as as designers and engineers of uh of planes and like like my father uh was so uh, brilliant at 13. He was like making his way through um, school, uh, high school and college, making models for all these people of little airplanes. Mm. You know, Mm. so, so the family, the family just had this kind of imagination, this engineering, you know, and my mother was an artist then. So she made uh, images, but the, the two of them, you know, would sit there on the table and have discussions, and they would always have a little piece of paper, and they would draw out what they were thinking about. So that's mm-hmm. what I experienced mm-hmm. as a kid. So when I went to school, right. it was like opening up a whole new world to me. And then I said, right. I would join these industries, and they're changing per decade. I would just go with it. I couldn't... Uh, mm. I couldn't stop because my industry was changing and I had to change with it. So every decade right. was a different decade. Every decade was a different technology, a different view of itself, a reflection of itself. Now, so art is, now, art is really about a reflection of something that's going on in culture. And so mm-hmm. the artist uh, imagines and then imprints that on some object or you know, on a flat plane or a sculpture or whatever. And then the culture looks at that image and and sees something in it that it's intrinsic to that decade. So like the album covers, you know, you could smell them, you could buy them, (laughs) you know, you could listen to them, you could, uh, you know, wash them uh, in the sink after the party, you know, I mean, (laughs) it was a time, you know, it was a time as, as it was like in the 90s uh, with a hamburger, you know, as it uh, has been um, in in the uh, 2000s here uh, with the Endless Summer's 50th anniversary, looking back upon this culture that has been developed over the last 50 years. Pretty amazing. So so I need some inspiration. What What's going on today in the world that you see and you say, I don't have time, but wow, that's, that really, someone needs to focus on that and draw images out of that and and reflect that okay you want to hear it you want to hear what the future is about so uh you know so i you know i meet people all the time constantly and i have interactions with them and so uh my son decided that i was gonna he was gonna take me over to this vrla event uh downtown last weekend so uh mm-hmm. and he's telling me this is a new industry uh dad you know as if i was uh you know uh 20 years ago taking him to uh see computers uh mm-hmm. and telling him that was this was a new this was a new world uh that you could grow up mm-hmm. in so so he is a computer um interactive person you know in the in the industry you know so this is a new kind of thing so we're walking around this place uh or the convention center looking at all these particular booths and all of a sudden we stop at one and he he, my uh, son starts up a conversation with this company that makes vrs for uh to look at cars so you put this mm-hmm. uh, helmet on, you know, and you look and you, you're able to see the inside and the outside of the car three-dimensionally, right? 
So all of a sudden, mm-hmm. there's a, a person standing next to me with a little beard, and he says, John, John, how are you? Hi, hey, what's happening? <laughs> so it turns out to be yeah. the father of the son who's running the whole thing, and their company is called uh, VRLA. Um, now, okay. I met David uh, at my uh, studio in San Pedro when we had it for a couple of years, and uh, he said, uh, I'm going to buy all this stuff from you, but, I, but I'm entranced with it. Will you, I want to make a VR of your studio. So they bring the camera mm-hmm. over, and they set it up in, in three different places, and they make up this VR, and they gave me a pair of glasses, and I was showing them to people and everything, and it was, this was the new age, you know, so... Um, here we are like two or three years later, and, and they've made an enormous uh, um, sum of money, and they've become a whole industry. And, uh, and there I am. They're tapping, tapping me on the shoulder and saying, so would you, uh, would you do something for us? Uh, you know, like wrap a car or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so it all Maybe. goes forward. You know, I mean, it doesn't go backwards. JVH virtual right. reality experience. Yeah, it's about to come that way. I was taught, you know, I was thinking like, ah, uh, you know, I'm working in murals, so I should do something three-dimensional. How do I, you know, how do I work that, you know? And and so what VR is is what we've been involved in for the last, uh, you know, 30 years is this um, this object for the fourth dimension, you know, not having uh, uh, any uh, vanishing point. It just floats there as an object. And so here we are uh, with this very sophisticated digital world, and now we can say, okay, now we can put that in a, a program and we can put that on someone's face and they can see a whole other world in yeah. four dimensions. Right. No vanishing wow. points. Wow. No vanishing points. Yes. So, so they're going to be inside the world. Inside the world. Yes, that's try. That's what they're trying to promote. You know. So, they there was one booth. This is a great example. You know, is that it had like a poker table. You know, and it had the hands laying on the table, and then the chairs were set back probably about four feet or something like that. And there's a person sitting in there, and they have the they have the helmet on and. <laughs> And and they're moving their hands around, you know, uh, having no contact whatsoever, but thinking that they are within their image. They're they're uh, playing cards. They're putting cards on the mm-hmm. table and they're putting money on their uh, on the on the uh, you know in the exchange. That's the way it is. There's no reality to it. It's all a self-designed mm-hmm. fantasy that's put into VR, and that's the right. uh, that right. that fantasy is you're able to. Uh, do something that's an, uh, that's in another reality, the fourth dimension. It, right. It sounds like an right. episode of Westworld. <laughs> Very much so. Totally. Very much. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And or, that's what I. Even that's Spielberg. what we're talking about. We're talking about the simulated world. Right. That's right. what Westworld Steven Spielberg's well, new movie, uh, Ready Player One. Steven I haven't Spielberg's been to see movie. that Ready yet. Yeah. Player One. Yeah. Yeah. All about well, VR. You know. This hour, this hour flew by. Uh, we got to wrap it up in a minute. But here's the thing: uh, I have, I wanted to hear all of these stories of yours from back in the day about the Beatles and Jimi Hendrix and stuff. And here we are talking about virtual reality. You're not resting on your laurels, John. <laughs> well, you know, uh, I, I, you know, went from art school to Capitol Records to the Beatles and all that, and then started a company called uh, um, Pinnacle uh, uh, Productions. And and uh, in the, like the first four or five shows, I end up standing in, uh, in front of uh, Jimi Hendrix personally, right? And I'm asking him, <laughs> yeah. what do you think of L.A.? And he says, it's confusing. <laughs> <laughs> it can be. It can be. Yeah, it can be absolutely, absolutely. Well, Joe, we got to wrap it up. We got to wrap it up. John Van Hammersveld, thank you for joining us today. Oh, thank you. It's quite an opportunity to thank get out and get and, on your airwaves. Yeah. And well, you know, the beautiful thing about this, John, is this conversation. The people that want to have a conversation with you 
can feel like they've had a conversation with you by listening to this show. And, of course, this show is international. It can go anywhere on the planet. Anyone with mm. Internet access can yeah, listen to dimension. this show. That's, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's amazing. We get, we get listeners from all over, but um, we're excited to have had you on. Thank you for joining us today. We, we love you and, and all, everything you do. JVH.cool. JVH.cool. And then you can get access to uh, everything, post-future.com. And, of course, thank you, Jackie. Always a pleasure, Joe. And everybody, make sure to uh, drive up Grand Avenue and see this fabulous new mural in our South Bay. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much for the call. (laughs) I think what you've done, John, is you've marked your your historical association with El Segundo in such a, a, a beautiful, amazing way. Um, I'm sure the community is thrilled. I'm sure the community is very uh, thankful for it. Um, we're, we're, we're all thankful for it. That's our show, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, enjoy public art. Get out there and create and, uh, and uh, have, a, have a fantastic experience. We'll, we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. All right. Thank you. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.